0: Hey what's up you guys and welcome to Millennial and Baby Boomer. My name is Summer and I'm 20 years old and in college. And
1: my name has become Nana since I became a grandmother and I'm not in
0: college. I'm retired. And if you hear any dog noises that's Ella who has just decided that she's going to be her most active today and become the star of our show that we just started. But we wanted to start this podcast and today Nana decided that she wanted to start it on YouTube instead of Anchor, which I thought would be easier because she wanted you guys to see us. And instead of starting her own little YouTube like login, she went on Google and literally Googled YouTube with a space between you and Tube. <laughs> yeah,
1: now that opens up, I guess, our first subject. As a 67-year-old... Um we didn't have a television in my house when, when I was a kid. We got one we we got one in the 60s. We were one of the first people. But every new technology, microwaves, VCRs, all of that um
0: had a learning curve. Microwaves had a learning curve.
1: <laughs> <laughs> In fact, people, when, when microwaves first came out, a lot of people wouldn't get them because they were afraid that the microwaves would harm them. And now, now we rumors. know why you're
0: so weird. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but my point is, so we used to ask our kids when each new thing came, we got a video camera, which was one of the first ones. And it was as big as the cameras that the TV cameramen put on their shoulders. That's how big the first ones were. And we had to have our children show us how to do it. But I guess one of my little pet peeves is when millennials get impatient with us when they're showing us computer or technology things. Because... um we taught them how to poop in the party.
0: Ew, don't say poop. And,
1: and we taught them how to read. So And we read them Good Night Moon 5,372 times. So I think they could be more patient when they're teaching us a technology. Okay,
0: thing. so obviously I'm being personally attacked by this story. <laughs> <laughs> but... The funniest thing is, is that I do try to help her, but it's so much easier for me to just take the computer out of her hands and do what needs to be done. It's like when you're teaching kids homework stuff and you just want to, like, do the problem out for them, but it's obviously not going to help you. But one thing that's really funny is Snapchat filters. Nana, like, any kind of Snapchat filter that alters your face in any way or does something super crazy... She thinks it's like scary.
1: <laughs> she turned me into a man once. It was scary. The little bunnies and doggies are cute, but that one with the big mouth, that's scary. <laughs> and the one that makes you look like Jabba the hut don't like it.
0: Oh my God. <laughs> but they're meant for like little kids and just enjoyment. And she thinks that they're terrifying. Well, some of them are. And it's so funny because we have, like, how old's Reno and Bailey? Reno's seven. Bailey's nine. Yeah, and they are, like, so tech-savvy and, like, go on my Snapchat and do stuff that I don't even know is there. And I'm like, how do you know this?
1: Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing how little kids just know how to do everything on computers, tablets. But even they get very impatient.
0: When they have to show us something. Yeah, and I feel like they get more impatient with you because they're so young. And they're like, they don't understand, like, oh, she's old. She doesn't get this.
1: Well, they've never been without technology.
0: Yeah, that's true. But we wanted to talk about Thanksgiving because it is coming up. And it's a very big time in our family. And in our
1: town, we should say that we live in Plymouth, Massachusetts, where the first Thanksgiving was. So they have a pilgrim's progress where they reenact the pilgrims um, doing a march. She's laughing. And we also have a big Thanksgiving Day parade. But for me, it's one of my favorite holidays because Christmas is wonderful, but it's become very commercialized. This year, they started putting the lights out in the decorations in August which was pretty alarming. Um, and Easter's kind of a religious holiday. Mother's Day, of course, is wonderful. But Thanksgiving is just about family and food. Ooh, and, ooh yeah. That's my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> and what you're thankful for. And I love that all my family comes on um, Thanksgiving. I love cooking for them. I love cooking everybody's favorite um, side dish. I used to love, of course, the the youngest grandbaby now. I have seven grandchildren, and they all live in Plymouth, which is just the most wonderful thing in the world. All my children, all my grandchildren. But they used to get all excited when I cooked the great big turkey.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And took it out of the oven, and now they're past getting amazed. Yeah, we just want spaghetti and meatballs Everything's Thanksgiving. Oh, I, I can't believe they're now expecting me to make turkey, stuffing, all the side dishes, and now they all want spaghetti and meatballs.
0: And one year she went so over the top and she made a turducken, which is it's a chicken stuffed in a duck stuffed in a turkey and it was it was good but it was a lot it
1: was it, it was pretty amazing i actually hit i usually do think a lot of things myself when it comes to cooking i'm a pretty good country cook i cook just about everything but i did go to a butcher and had them construct the turducken. it weighed so much no weighing so much my husband worked for the Plymouth County Sheriff's Department. And one year, he there was a program where you could buy a turkey and they would raise it for you for Thanksgiving.
0: Oh, my God, and, that's so sad.
1: Oh, <laughs> no, it wasn't sad. It was awesome. It, oh, my God. It, but it weighed 44 pounds. So we had to from a commercial place, get a pan because we didn't have a pan that would fit him. And then we would take all the racks out of the oven and just put it on the bottom of the oven. Uh, everybody was afraid it might be a little tough because it was 44 pounds. It was amazing. And at the time, my two sons were um, doing sports. One was actually the captain of the football team One was the captain of the wrestling team. But any mother who feeds uh, a teenage athlete knows that they just can't get enough food. So we had this 44-pound turkey. No leftovers. No leftovers for turkey sandwiches. It was amazing.
0: (laughs) I feel like that's still our family. Well, actually, no. Everyone in our family, like, they went from being, like, pigging out teenagers to being like the fittest people ever and except for like me because <laughs> I love eating but actually Nana just started the keto diet which she has to say right on this podcast because she's not allowed to say it in the weird way that she's been saying it like her whole time. How long have you been doing it? Um since June
1: I've lost over 30 pounds. I'm gonna try to say it without her
0: laughing. The keto diet. Yes. She usually says Kato, and it sounds like a weird like samurai name. But I'm I'm shocked that she did this because I couldn't do this. I mean, like, I've tried to like clean up my eating, to like clear up my skin and stuff. It lasts like a month, and then I'm like, wow, pizza and donuts sounds amazing right now. But she's out here like making cauliflower crust pizza and like her own microwave cool like zero calorie bread and i'm just like wow i'm 20 years old and she was living a better lifestyle than me
1: i do cheat sometimes the only two things i miss on the keto diet <laughs> <said it> right <laughs> again. is chocolate and wine so on friday nights i have
0: One, maybe two glasses of wine. Which, two glasses is her limit. Yes. She gets drunk on two glasses of wine. Very
1: silly. But I also have chocolate that night, too. I'm actually kind of known for my mispronunciations. Oh, yeah. I guess I can't say emoji right. Oh, Oh my God, no. (laughs) (laughs) Or bitmoji.
0: Okay, so she's saying emoji, <laughs> and I got I designed her a bit emoji, but she like slurs her words together, and it sounds like she's already a little tipsy off of her wine. <laughs> but I wanted to bring it back to Thanksgiving because what I think is funny because since we live in Plymouth, all of our schools go so hardcore in teaching stuff about the Pilgrims because like that's our town history. And my little sister, Aubrey, who's 17, mm-hmm. is still in high school. She's a senior. And she's taking a class on Plymouth history, which they didn't even offer when I was there, which is pretty cool. But at the same time, I remember my favorite history teacher, He, when he taught us about this, he literally just focused on the fact that we wiped out every single Native American here, and it started here. And I don't know if that was ever like school curriculum or anything, but he focused so hard on it. And I was like, wow, I feel horrible about Thanksgiving now. Well, I think that,
1: I guess we could get into the whole thing about rewriting all of history. Yeah. But it is true that um, we didn't discover America. The people who were <laughs> already here uh, were already discovered. And it is true that what the, um, what we did to the Native Americans is horrible, mm-hmm. but I I do have these feelings. Like sometimes we just take everything too seriously. Yeah, they're taking down uh, many monuments in the South. Um, people like General Lee. Um, I just I don't know. It almost seems to me like we're overly sensitive. There is true history. And we should always search for the truth. But you can't, like, you don't catch up the average American into the history of the Native Americans to to, um, behave as though the person who lives in Plymouth now had anything to do with the history. Yeah. You know, we should be able to enjoy our traditions um, reflect on what brought us here, but also be able to just enjoy the traditions that we've developed.
0: Right, and I feel like, especially my age of people, we're so politically involved now, which is amazing, but at the same time, stuff does get pretty out of hand. And I think with a lot of the movements and stuff that have like brought a lot of good out in America and stuff, I think that it's amazing what we're doing at such a young age. But at the same time, the new wave of education that's kind of like bringing into light all of the bad stuff that happened is just like, it's just attacking stuff that like is in the past and just needs to be left alone because you grow from history. And I remember I took AP U.S. history in high school and it was one of my most challenging classes to this day while I'm still in college i ever took and i remember i learned so much that i just was like oh my god like i can't believe this and like that's scary and i don't want it to happen again but at the same time you're like it's not going to happen again because it already happened and now there's certain like rules regulations laws that it doesn't happen again
1: i think one of the best books just because we mentioned that if um the book the mayflower is just a fascinating book. It makes um, it makes the history come alive. And here, when you're walking by the Eel River or walking on the ocean and looking out at the the Barrier um, Peninsula where the Pilgrims actually landed mm-hmm. on a little boat called the Shallop. Um, because people look at the Plymouth Rock and say, how did they, you well, know, the size? first of all,
0: the fact that we have a rock in a cage near a beach downtown, I think it's so funny to see so many tourists come and, like, huddle into this little monument and be like, this is the rock. And I'm like, well, it's not even the real rock, right? No, I think uh, I
1: think the controversy is that it, per- it may be the rock, but they didn't. The big Mayflower didn't come into the harbor. It wasn't deep enough. They had a little sailboat called the shallop. And so a lot of people believe it was the shallop, which is only like a little eight person, and that's what landed on the rock. But it's just so weird. Like, it's a rock. (laughs) All they do is say, people
0: just look at it and say, that's it. Yeah. You
1: know, it's like. It's
0: so funny, especially because I work downtown where this, like, all the touristy stuff is and seeing all the tourists like in summer and around this time like come down there like where's the rock and i'm like it's downtown in a monument on the ground and they're like yeah. oh and i'm like yeah
1: <laughs> sorry well that's actually though another um side of the times they had to encase the rock in a cage and make it protective mm-hmm. people were chipping pieces of it off it's a national monument they um, had spray painted it once. So um, I don't know how I said segued into this sad thing. But for me, when I see anybody deface either somebody's private grave, that happens, yeah. or a war monument, or, or a, just a national treasure like that... Um, I know people in my age group, we just find that so very sad that there's such a lack of respect for things that other people value. I don't have to value it, but I think I should respect something other people value. Yeah, value. that's true.
0: I think I think it's really sad, too. But at the same time, I grew up with the artist Banksy. Do you know who that is? No. <laughs> so, I don't know if you guys know this, but she is an unknown like artist that did a ton of work on murals and it was graffiti but it really was like political art and one of her paintings just sold for like I think like 1.6 million dollars Wow! and when it sold there was a program in the frame that shredded once it sold. Oh I saw that. Yeah so but I grew up with that kind of stuff and I think that that's okay and I think that a lot of the murals and stuff that people do graffiti wise when it's on like a skate park or like just a like wall near like the highway i think it's a good expression of art and like i think it's beautiful but it is terrible when you spray paint someone's grave or someone's property or even like a national kind of thing like we have a lot of statues of pilgrims and leaders from plymouth all around plymouth And I think that they've probably been vandalized more than a hundred times now. And we had lobsters. Remember when we got the lobsters? We have these cute little art lobsters that are around downtown and people keep stealing them. And breaking pieces off. But they're huge statues that like people took time to paint and like dedicate to certain areas and people are just stealing them and defacing them. They're just lobster statues. Like what in your mind makes you want to do that?
1: Well, I think vandalism is pointless. Period. Mm -hmm. I understand. As a child of the '60s, like many baby boomers (laughs) are, we protested. We protested for equality. Um, We protested against segregation first, then for equality. We protested against the war, but we didn't use our strongly felt values about certain things as an excuse to vandalize it's it's like when something bad happens there's a shooting or something like that that people feel strongly about and they use it as an excuse to turn over cars yeah or to vandalize and um to loot stores like if you're in a community that's um there's a lot of African-American people and say there's a, there's a shooting or something and people are protesting and they're looting stores. Well, didn't that
0: happen in um Ferguson? Yes. Yeah. that was That was the beginning of the Black Lives Matter movement that was very intense and it was scary because, I mean, we grew up with learning. I grew up learning about all the movements with the Vietnam War and stuff, which you grew up in. And now I'm growing up in the Black Lives Matter movement, in a lot of trans rights, in um, LG, whatever l g Yeah, movement, a lot of that stuff, which is, it's amazing to be part of that, but at the same time, for people that are in either one of these car- categories, it's scary. Like, just being not only, like, victimized as that kind of, like, person, but also people that aren't, like, don't agree with you are going to come after you, and people that do agree with you are going to try to push you out into a spotlight where you just, you just want to live your life. You don't want to be part of this movement that you want your equal rights, but you don't want to be in the spotlight of such, like, a negative kind of light that, like, people are just stereotypical, like, doing everything wrong with. Well, you should, you should have a right to, um
1: be part of it or not be a part of it right And I totally um, think that you have a right to protest I mean, oh, that 100 that, that's what that's what uh, people lost their lives for yeah. our right to free expression. but I mean, we used to have a saying that um, that my rights and where you begin, when I'm infringing upon your rights, because of my rights. So I guess I just believe that protests need to be lawful. Mm -hmm. They need to be respectful. You don't have to destroy somebody else's property or damage their life. I mean, Martin Luther King did very effective protests without breaking the law the law or becoming violent of course it's very sad
0: yeah that he i agree as an
1: act of violence
0: i agree with what you're saying i don't think that you should go out and loot a bunch of stores and set stuff on fire but at the same time we even saw it with martin luther king where people would go into restaurants and have silent protests and they'd be maced and like have huge things of water like blasted at them and i feel like that still happens like silent protesters that were protesting equal rights like get maced in the face when they're just sitting on campus trying to prove a point silently protesting and it happens with Black Lives Matter movement all the time which is horrible but like at the same time there's that be the ha- like bigger person you have to have a silent protest but then the police are allowed to mace you in the face kind of thing when I don't really understand that but that's confusing. Yeah. But but you do
1: show your strength when you don't react. I mean, I always, one of my kids took karate, and one of the things that his karate sensei would say <laughs> is that you show your strength when you don't go down to somebody else's level. Yeah. When... They say something bad. You don't respond. You smile, or you say you have a right to express yourself when somebody screams at you, or when somebody hits you. You walk away. Um, that shows strength. It doesn't so show, show strength if you call me a name and I call you a name, and that's what we've seen it's to childish, turn into. Yeah, yeah. Well, Well, the most childish people right now are politicians. Well, uh, I
0: was just going to (laughs) say, a lot of our differences are political. I mean, we have some similarities. I mean, most of the people that we know agree with most of the stuff that's good and just with equal rights and everything. But we have a lot of differences, policies and stuff that we see on the news today with the president and stuff, but we're not going to get into it. But no, no. please,
1: yeah, isn't yeah, that people doing that? No,
0: I don't need that. I don't need him in my life that much. No,
1: <laughs> no don't speak his name.
0: <laughs> it's like Voldemort. Yeah. <laughs> but we, the last thing that we wanted to get into is. Did you want to talk about something? Yeah. <laughs> oh, so I wanted to, I heard. I was listening on the radio and I heard that Keira Knightley, who's a celebrity, doesn't let her daughters watch Disney princess movies. Like old classic ones like Cinderella. Um, doesn't let them watch Cinderella. Now see, I and I actually I get it. I would But watch, it makes me mad. I know. <laughs> I I
1: couldn't um I couldn't not watch them. First of yeah. all, summer knows. The first movie she watched was Dumbo, Oh, and she, and it's they're doing a remake that's coming out in March that we with, can't wait to see. With
0: less racism.
1: Yeah. it. <laughs> it, it we didn't. There a she, lot. When she, was, when she was two, of course, we didn't talk about racism. No,
0: but when I watched it when I was like 16 again to like reminisce and then like halfway through the movie, I was like, oh my God, I, I think I was evil when I was two. No. <laughs> No, and you probably
1: didn't get the <laughs> the the racist connotation. That was which so was bad. It. But I understand the princess movie thing. It's just, it was, see, this is what I guess I'm talking about. about we vilify things now. And so the, all of the Disney movies are just a lot of fun. Yeah. I understand in the princess movies, though, that there's this whole thing. Someday my prince will come and yeah. you need this man to fulfill your life. And, um, you know, if things go wrong, a bunch of mice aren't going to take you to the ball. <laughs> that's not going to happen. But um, I guess that's... A, so I guess maybe I would more want to let my kids watch things, but then have a discussion. Right,
0: like tell them, like, hey, in real life, you go to college and you learn to build yourself up and you don't rely on a man's money. And you have to make sure that when something goes wrong, you don't princess throw yourself on the bed and cry. Right. But see, three-year-olds are only seeing... That pretty dress and yeah, they don't uh, care it, about the. They're not talking, thinking about they're the not political, like, social. Yeah, they're not like the patriarchy is on to me. Yes, like, <laughs> they're <laughs> three. They just want to get the costume put on plastic heels and walk around and pretend that they're a princess.
1: This this young lady sitting next to me though did watch Dumbo. Oh yeah, two or three times a day for yeah. a long time. Yes, they did. She did love that movie. And Mulan. And, and, well, no, you went from, if I remember right, Dumbo to Jungle Book mm-hmm. to Mulan, Littlest Mermaid. The littlest. It's just little. Oh, The Little Mermaid. That's right. <laughs> That's right. The Little Mermaid.
0: So That's it's still, one my, still my favorite movie. Yeah. It's so good. It is. I, so I babysit two twin four-year-olds, which they're hilarious. Their stories will probably be all over this podcast because they're the funniest thing ever. But it's so funny to see them like react to these movies. And I make them watch all of the ones that I want to watch because I'm not going to sit there and watch some stupid movie with them. Like I'm like, no, I'm not watching Little Pet Shop Pals for the fourth time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like we're going to watch Little Mermaid or we're going to watch Snow White. And they watch Snow White, which is like isn't that the like OG Disney movie? Like, was that the first one, or was it Cinderella? I, I feel think, like that was the oldest. I think that um, Snow White was the first princess.
1: Technicolor, the first, the first um, Disney production, I think, was Steamboat Willie. Which yeah, but a, who
0: was the first princess? Was it Snow White?
1: I think it was Snow White, and I think it was the first Technicolor. Yeah, I
0: was. Yeah.
1: And it was, uh, it was pretty, it was pretty amazing.
0: Well, but that helped
1: them. They, they had a thing about, um, Disney movies had a thing about stepmothers. I oh, always felt yeah. <laughs> bad for stepmothers. The mean stepmother the Cinderella. The ugly stepsisters. The yeah. ugly
0: stepsisters. Yeah, I mean. get it. I get why she didn't want her kids to watch that. Because, like, it could, like, secretly, like, that hidden curriculum message. where Yeah. Like, oh, your step-parents, they're horrible, they're evil, they're trying to kill you, and you have to to watch out. But in Snow White, at least it taught them not to talk to strangers, and not take food from strangers. That's That's true. you will die. That's true, the
1: poison apple. Yeah,
0: and it's so funny because they're four, so they just, they don't understand like, the background or any of that kind of stuff like we're talking about, but it's funny because when we're watching it, they're like, oh my god, those little guys are so funny, and like, I love her dress. I love her singing. And then when, what is she, like the evil queen? Whenever she comes on, and first of all, there's a knife in that movie. And the Huntsman, I completely forgot about that. I watched it, and the Huntsman goes up and tries to stab her. And last minute is like, oh, wait, no, I can't do this. I'm a good person. But, like, I saw that knife and was like, oh, my God. Like, that's intense. I still remember seeing Sleeping Beauty at the movies. Oh,
1: with the spindle? And, no, the spindle, M- Maleficent.
0: Yeah, she is scary. me
1: to pieces.
0: Yeah, that yeah. new movie with Malis- Maleficent is awesome, though. Yeah, it is. But, I, I agree. I mean, yeah, you can let the new movies, the new Disney movies like Moana, where there's no love interest, and she's like, just... A boss, and she gets everything done, and she finds herself. She has this whole family. Yeah. She has this whole family struggle that everyone kind of deals with, where your family's pulling you in one direction, but you want to go in a different one. And what else? Frozen? Yeah. And Frozen 2. Apparently Frozen 2, I think Elsa is going to be a lesbian. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so, which is going to be the first Disney movie to do that. Wow. That's pretty cool. And I mean in um first off in Nemo Nemo was the first Disney movie that they showed blood in. Oh, Isn't I that crazy? That. Really? Yeah. When Dory gets a nosebleed. Oh, yeah. And that's the, the first gets one. Excited about yeah. It. yeah. That's the first blood ever in a Disney movie was wow. Nemo, which is like a pretty recent like yeah. animated movie. And then Nemo 2 there's actually a few scenes I think in one of the scenes, like, Finding Dory or whatever, there's a lesbian couple at the aquarium that they're at.
1: Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah,
0: and, like, there was a whole media outburst with it and stuff, which is insane. But it's – everyone's like, oh, you don't have to integrate them with everything and TV and stuff. But, like, at the same time, it's life now. It's part of life. You have to feel represented in some way on TV. Yeah. I mean, we're not I Love Lucy where – People only wear dresses and pearls and cook for their husband. Do <laughs> you know that they never had in those shows, you weren't allowed to
1: have the husband and wife in the same bed. Didn't yeah, you in I didn't they, they had that. twin beds, they yeah. had separate beds with uh with a little table in between. That's weird. And um, and the ricardos had so the same weird. thing, twin beds. Yeah. It's so like weird. nobody knew that husbands and wives slept together. <laughs>
0: God forbid. Yeah. (laughs) Not allowed to do that even after you're married. Yeah, Yeah, but that was us just trying to talk to you guys about stuff that we thought was interesting and how we have different opinions on some stuff. I'm glad that my dog decided that she was going to take her four hour long nap and wake up close to dinner time and then go back to bed. (laughs) So we're going to do these. Do you think we can do one a week? Uh, we'll tr- we'll try, but we're not going to give you a specific date because I'm a little overwhelmed. <laughs> but I think we're going
1: to do these um, once a week. Just our perspective as a baby boomer and a millennial on current issues. Not too controversial, though. Yeah, we're going to Where- try
0: and leave politics out of this because I have enough of that on the news and Oh, stuff. and there's enough on Facebook. Yeah. But- going to college with all of this stuff on it. I hear every single lecture, no matter what class I'm in. (laughs) Yep. So um, thanks. If you spent some time with us, thank you.
1: And we'll see you again. And I think we're going to, if I can convince her, we're going to have audio and video.
0: Yeah, we might try to set it up. We don't have a good camera. We just bought a microphone. <laughs> We're going to take baby steps, Mad. Baby steps. Oh, okay. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Have a good one.